Chapter Thirty of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. No Quarter by Thomas Bain Reed. Chapter Thirty a mixed assembly if waller's passage through bristol caused general rejoicing there was joy in a certain private circle at the re-entry of sir richard walwyn with his troop three of the inmates of montserrat house hailed his return with a flutter of delight though not all on his account nor any of them its mistress the madame herself she was pleased however to see the gallant knight again as also his young troop captain so much that within a week after their return she sent out invitations to a grand ball to be given if not professedly for them at least so understood many of the invited who were of the king's party wondered not at her giving the ball but giving it at such a time and in honour of their enemies one of these eustace trevor formerly in the service of the court itself whom they regarded as the basest of renegades madame lalande hitherto such an enthusiastic royalist making merry while the state martyrs were scarce cold in their graves and things looked black generally waller's unopposed marchings through the surrounding districts had in a manner made good the belief in his being invincible and that he would be equally victorious in the shires of the west whither he was now gone if so the royal cause hitherto ascendant in that quarter would come under a cloud if not be extinguished altogether among the cavalier acquaintances of the planter's widow therefore were heard snaring allusions to the worship of the rising sun as the reason for her deeming defection it was not the correct one though nor if called upon could she herself have stated the precise motif alone her daughter could do that since it was she had suggested the entertainment or rather commanded it though but turned eighteen this young lady child of a precocious clime and race was a full-grown woman intellectually as physically wont to have her own way in montserrat's house as in her native isle of the antilles and was in reality more its mistress than her mother her father's will had been read to her and she quite comprehended its provisions all in her favour little cared she for slanderous whispers whether by the tongues of cavaliers or cropheads though 
it was no worship of rising sun inspired her in this particular matter instead a wish to shine herself in the eyes of society but chiefly those of one for whom she had begun to feel adoration beyond that to sun moon or stars she could dance like a bayadere and knew it there need be no difficulty in getting together an assemblage of guests numerous and of the right ton bristol was then an ancient city second only to london itself the mushroom liverpools manchesters and birmingham's having barely a mark upon the map besides in those days the gentry were more resident in towns the state of the roads where there were any and the scarcity of wheeled vehicles cumbersome at that making travel irksome and country life inconvenient in times of peace the city on avon's banks had its quota of england's upper crust but now that roar raged around it was crowded with such fugitives from the adjoining villages and shires even from beyond the welsh border who as ambrose powell and his family had repaired thither to escape exaction and insult it might be outrage from the marauding cavaliers in addition bristol just at this time contained a goodly sprinkling of the cavaliers themselves both military and civilian not voluntarily there nor as political refugees but prisoners waller had flung some threescore into it brought all the way from monmouth and hereford most of them men of high rank and most as many on parole allowed free range about the city and circulation in its best society if they had the entree so in sending out her invitations madame lalande had not only a large but varied list to select from and to do her justice or it may have been clarice on this occasion the names were picked with impartiality short hair and long being alike honored by circulars of complimentary request in this there might have been an eye to the changing times few were the refusals no ball had ever come off at monsoret house unaccompanied by a sumptuous supper this was lure enough for the elder invitees especially in the city still straitened if not besieged while to the younger the dancing itself offered attraction sufficient since the deposition of the festive essex there had been but little gaiety in bristol under the stern administration of his successor the dance being discouraged if not altogether tabooed so that young youthful heels were itching for it of both sexes 
and belonging to families on both sides of the political question. As a result, over 200 responded to Madame Ledon's invitations by presenting themselves at Montserrat House. Twice the number would not have inconveniently crowded it, since, in addition to several ample reception rooms, there was plenty of space in the ornamental grounds outside which had been prepared for the occasion by a setting and festoonery of lamps a summer's night for it was july and sultry too this was an advantageous arrangement the open air being more enjoyable than that inside but another advantage was derived from it one that may be thought strange enough it gave madame lalande's guests an opportunity of shunning one another with many of them a thing most desirable for men met there who had been enemies outside were so still even to hating the fugitives from persecution and their very persecutors the last now their prisoners humbled and abashed seemingly a fine chance for the former to indulge spites but good manners forbade that still something more interposed to prevent awkward encounter or recognition on the ball notes of invitation was marked fancy costume at pleasure which left the invited free to wear masks or appear without them but then even in ordinary street promenade masks had not been altogether abandoned at least by ladies many wearing them to a still later period as a consequence of this allowed latitude numbers of both sexes who attended the lance ball came in fancy costumes and masked but ladies reliant on their charms were careless about the fastenings of the masks and somehow or other the detested screen's suit disappeared giving the gentlemen an opportunity for the scrutiny and comparing of faces many were remarkable for their beauty some of bristol's fairest daughters and as a great seaport with much foreign element in it the types were varied three however attracted special attention all entitled to the epithet lovely they had been observed from the beginning as they were in the withdrawing room unmasks beside madame lalande assisting her in the reception of the guests which identified them as madame's daughter and her two nieces sabrina and vaga powell so were they a connoisseur of female beauty would have found it difficult to decide which of the three deserved the palm paris himself would have been puzzled to award it clarice 
at home and helping her mother in the duties of introduction stood prominently forward and so first met the view of the incoming guests few who looked upon her would have thought of looking farther nor cared to take their eyes off but beyond her face with features of french type tinted olive and carmine was another of english outline all roses set in a framework of gold vagas in front of this that of the creole brunette despite its piquant beauty was but the shadow of a partial eclipse vainly endeavoring to hide the light of the sun beside this still another face in retirement which many admired as much as either sabrina's notwithstanding the preference shown by the frivolous trojan stately queenly juno had her charms too among the gentlemen received by madame lalande and the fair triune forming her staff were three who had peculiar relations with them at least with the young ladies sir richard walwyn eustace and reginald trevor they came not in together the last by some minutes preceding the other two but without better knowledgment of antecedents it may seem strange his being there at all nothing much of this however was there about it nor did eustace show any surprise at seeing his cousin in the room which he did soon as entering he knew reginald was in the city and the reason no voluntary sojourner but one of the prisoners enjoying parole as a captain in sir john wintour's troop of horse he had been with lord herbert's monmouthshire levies in their farcical siege of gloucester so abruptly raised by waller where he escaped death by being made captive and sent for safe-keeping to bristol though colonel lunsford was not there also that worthy had been served in the same way at an earlier period having cried quarter at edgehill and there surrendered up his precious person that was now being taken care of by the jailer of warwick castle but for that adverse incident he might have been in bristol too and figuring as other fine cavaliers at landless ball though reginald trevor had been now some weeks in the city and on parole before that night he and his cousin had not met as known eustace was for a time absent on scout with sir richard but even after his return reginald had shunned him and neither had seen aught of the other since that angry parting at hollymead now that chance had brought them together again it was to meet with no increased cordiality instead diminished what had occurred since having but widened the gap between them 
Still, the hostility was all on Reginald's side, by him felt keenly and bitterly. He had suffered humiliation. A soldier of fortune he was now, not only thrown out of employ, but of a prisoner. And if not one of his captors, there among them in amiable association was his cousin, to whom he had sworn giving no quarter should they ever cross swords in the field of fight by good fortune they had not done so yet and whether he desired it the other did not had no such wish instead would have been willing there and then to shake hands with him and be friends again with a half-formed resolve to make offer of reconciliation eustace approached his cousin to get a reception which flung him back upon himself and his sensibilities though few their words exchanged they were sharp and cutting as might have been their swords so you've done what you said you would it was reginald who spoke done what turned traitor to your king and to your father too but not to my conscience nor my god they are more to me than loyalty to any king as you call it even more than affection to my poor deluded father however much i feel for him feel for him indeed <laughs> but you can go on as you've begun your cropheads have it all their own way here and now but the tide will turn sooner than you may think for as for yourself eust you may thank your stars you weren't among the rabble that overpowered me at hindman i sent half a dozen to their long account and like as not you'd have been one of them the implied superiority even without the cruelty was an impertinence but eustace trevor instead of taking it in that sense and making angry retort treated it rather as a joke with a light laugh rejoining possibly had i been there reg you wouldn't be here at which he turned away leaving his dark-browed cousin to count the change in satire that had been given him in full. End of chapter 30